Discover the tips and strategies that will help you achieve your retirement goals. I'm your host, James Canole, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you retire well. It all starts right here on Ready for Retirement. Welcome back to another episode of Ready for Retirement. I'm your host, James Canole. And on today's show, we're going to do something a little bit different. Most of the episodes up until now, we've, we've taken one subject and we've gone pretty deep on that. In fact, we just wrapped up a series where we went very deep on one subject and it took four episodes to do so. What we're going to do instead today is more of a flyby of what things should you consider if you're looking to retire. Because the reality is if you're looking to retire, it's not just a matter of when do you collect social security. It's not just a matter of what do you do with your pension. It's not just a matter of how do you allocate your investments now that you're living off of your savings. It's really a combination. It should be a strategy that takes all these different things into account in order to create the best possible plan for you. So what we're going to do today is I'm going to outline the topics that if you're going to retire, these are the things you should be thinking about. And I'm going to give a little bit of color on each of them. Now, we're going to go over a lot today. And so on the website, which can be found at readyforretirement.co, I'm going to have a checklist of what issues should you consider before you retire. So if you're listening to this and you're saying, James, that's great information, but I need one place to compile all that, I've done it for you. Go to readyforretirement.co, click on the, the podcast page, and on this episode, you'll find a downloadable where it's a free resource. Go ahead and download that, and you'll be able to summarize everything we talk about today. So let's start. We're going to start about a few different issues. And the first one that I always encourage people to start with when they're looking to retire is simply cash flow. And cash flow is just, a, it's just the question of will your cash flow needs change? Cash flow just being the income you have coming in minus the expenses you have going out. So oftentimes cash flow changes when you retire. Your income changes. Maybe you're no longer working or maybe you're working part time now. Your expenses sometimes change. There's going to be certain things that you do spend the same amount on. There's going to be other things that you spend different amounts on. But understanding how that's going to change is the biggest first step when you go to retire. Next thing to consider with cash flow is will you receive a pension? So if, if so, coordinate the options. There may be multiple payout options. Do you take a single life pension? Do you take a joint and survivor pension, which provides income to you and also income to the surviving spouse if you predecease them? And then coordinate these strategies, whether it's between pension, social security, investments, etc., making sure that those options, you're choosing the right one for your pension, but then making sure that that's coordinated with the other aspects of your financial life as well. Check to see, could there be a pension or retirement benefits from a previous employer that you don't know about? I see this more often than you would think happens. People accumulated a pension. It wasn't necessarily a 401k, so it didn't roll over with them when they left their old job. But if they work somewhere, maybe 20, 30 years ago, and they're now retiring, many times you've accumulated a pension at maybe one of your first or second employers. So just check to make sure there's no old pensions out there that you have right to, because you want to make sure that those are consolidated in part of your plan. If so, you don't want to leave those hanging out unattended. If you're retiring early, oftentimes a cash flow consideration is social security. Are you going to take Social Security early? In fact, if you want to hear a whole episode about that, episode six, I'd ask the question of should you collect Social Security as soon as you retire? And there's some more thoughts on that there. But if so, just understand that if you're going to collect Social Security early, so before your full retirement age, which is going to be somewhere between 66 and 67, depending upon when you were born, there's what's called an earnings limit. And your benefits will be reduced if you start earning more than $18,240 per year. 
the way that works is Social Security starts withholding $1 of benefits for every $2 of earnings you have over that earnings limit. So make sure you're taking that into account. Social Security as a whole, just understand that if you're going to collect that before 66 or 67, so before your full retirement age, there will be a reduction. Now that reduction diminishes the closer you get to your full retirement age, but just understand you could be permanently locking in a lower benefit if you collect before that time. And then if you do retire early, understand that you can actually access your 401k earlier than 59 and a half in some cases. So whether you have an IRA or a 401k, most of these retirement plans, you can't really touch them until age 59 and a half without penalty. But if you retire with a company at the age of 55 or later, and you're not yet 59 and a half, you can actually access money from your 401k without penalty if you take money directly from the 401k. Now, it's still taxable, so you still pay the same taxes that you would pay, but that 10% penalty is eliminated if you leave your employer the year that you turn 55 or after, and you can start to access that money there. Next, did you or a spouse collect a pension from an employer that did not withhold social security taxes? This is often the case if you're maybe a teacher, if you're in a government position, you were paying into a pension, but you weren't paying into Social Security. So there could be something called the windfall elimination provision or the government pension offset that you need to be aware of if you're collecting a pension and also Social Security if you or a spouse didn't pay into Social Security while you were working. So keep that in mind. Are you married? If you're married, there's dozens of Social Security strategies, hundreds of Social Security strategies, really, in terms of the timing of when you can and should collect Social Security. So make sure you're taking care and looking at that. If you were previously married and you're now unmarried, whether because of divorce or whether because your spouse passed away, there's additional social security claiming strategies that you need to be aware of. Oftentimes, you're eligible for a benefit based upon either your deceased spouse or even sometimes your divorced ex-spouse, depending upon how long you were married and the age that you are today, as well as the age that your spouse would have been. So make sure that you're understanding all that goes along with that. Again, these are just many of the benefits that, or these are just many of the, the things that you need to be aware of when it comes to your cash flow that first year of retirement, whether it's from pension or social security or additional claiming strategies, these are parts of the checklist that I wanna make sure you're going through before determining if it's okay to retire. So that's the cash flow issues. The next thing to consider is healthcare. If you're gonna retire after 65 or at 65 or later, it's pretty straightforward. You're most likely gonna be on Medicare and Medicare is gonna take care of most of your health insurance needs. If you're retiring before 65, though, there are some things that you need to consider. You're not going to be eligible for Medicare again until 65, but if your household income is between $12,490 and $49,960, if you're a one-person household, or if it's between $16,910 to $67,640 for a two-person household, you may be eligible for the premium assistant tax credit. So that's just going to be help with your health insurance options. If not, then you're going to be looking for the best health insurance option for you, whether that's COBRA, whether that's insurance to the private marketplace, whether it's through maybe getting a part-time job just for the insurance benefits, but you're going to have to look at other options. Are you contributing to an HSA? If so, there's some coordination that needs to be done between your HSA and between Medicare. And in the show notes of today's episode, I'm going to have a flow chart. It just, it's just going to be a flow chart that says, can I make a deductible contribution to my HSA? And that will help you to understand the issues between contributing to an HSA, a health savings account, and also potentially being covered by Medicare. So an important issue, too many details for today's episode, but go to the readyforretirement.co website. And on this episode in the show notes, you'll see a resource for that. And then will your modified adjusted gross income exceed $87,000 if you're single or exceed $174,000 if you are married and filing jointly? 
If so, there are some potential Medicare IRMA surcharges, and those are essentially surcharges on how much you're paying for your Medicare benefit after age 65, and the goal is to keep your taxable income under certain thresholds. Because once your taxable income rises, it's not just your tax bracket that goes up, it's also the premium that you need to pay for certain Medicare benefits that goes up as well. So understand what your modified adjusted gross income will be because that will impact what your IRMA surcharges will be two years from today because there's constantly a look back with that in terms of how much you're paying. Next, see how your needs for life insurance have changed. Oftentimes when you purchase life insurance, it's for protection for your family or any dependents while you're working because that salary that you're earning is what's helping to support a spouse or children or other dependents. By the time that you're retired, not always, but in many cases, there's not necessarily that, that same need for life insurance. Maybe you've saved up enough in your investment accounts, or your savings accounts, or you have assets or other income sources that if something happened to you, your dependents would still be financially okay. If that's the case, review your insurance needs and determine do you still need it or not, but that's a great thing to check off the box or at least look at when you're retiring to see whether that's an expense that you should continue to pay or whether that's something that you can do without at this point. Next is take a look at your long-term care insurance needs. So this is just an exercise of going through and understanding what potential long-term care events exist, meaning what possibilities down the road might be there and what, what expenses might come up as a result of long-term care. And then understand what assets, what income, what savings you have that you could use to pay for some of those some of those expenses. And if it's insufficient or if you don't necessarily want to use your investments or your savings to pay for them, then that's where long-term care insurance comes into play. So understand your long-term care needs and understand how long-term care insurance could potentially help you plan against those types of expenses. So those are the health insurance and life insurance, really just the insurance issues that you wanna look at. Next thing that you wanna make sure that you're addressing is any asset and debt issues. So number one, do you have any restricted stock or any stock options when you leave your employer? Oftentimes, if you've retired and you're in some type of an executive role or a role where you've been granted stock options, you have a decision that you need to make within leaving that company. Those stock options will typically expire after some point and wanting to make sure that you have a strategy ideally ahead of time as to what you're going to do with those options or those stock plans when you retire and see how that fits in your overall retirement plan. Will your investment objectives or your risk tolerance change? You may be investing one way as you're approaching retirement and really looking to grow your money. Maybe you're investing more for growth. But as you are now transitioning into retirement, ask yourself how your risk tolerance and your investment objectives need to change. Is the portfolio that you have, whether it's in your 401k or IRAs or other investment accounts, is that still appropriate for where you are today? Or do you need to make a shift to focus more on income or more on preservation or maybe a combination of everything? But understanding how that changes is going to be an important part of the transition into retirement. Are you a business owner? So if so, your business is going to be one of your biggest assets, most likely. Now, ideally, you do this a couple of years, a few years ahead of retirement. But as you approach retirement, understand what that succession plan looks like. How are you going to get compensated if your plan is to ultimately sell your business, whether that's as a lump sum, whether it's as installments, and really coordinating how is that going to fit into your overall retirement plan? Do you have any annuities or any illiquid assets? So maybe these are something that you've had along the way or been sold along the way or, or just invested in along the way. Again, seeing how does that fit into the withdrawals you're going to take from 401ks or other investment accounts so that you understand your options and you understand what the ideal withdrawal strategy is as you start to live on some of your savings and some of your investments. And then do you have a loan on any employer-sponsored retirement plans? So maybe you took a loan from your 401k, maybe you took a loan from another employer retirement plan. 
If so, make sure that that gets paid off before you retire, because if not, it can trigger what's called or what's going to be considered a withdrawal and a withdrawal is going to be fully taxable. So maybe not something that you want to have your first year of retirement. And then just checking to see, do you have any deferred compensation plans? If so, how does that going to coordinate or how is that going to tie into your social security strategy, your other income sources, your other investment strategy, and really understanding what other investment accounts do you have and what type are they? Meaning, do you have a 401k? Do you have a Roth IRA? Do you have brokerage accounts? All of those are treated differently from a tax perspective. So understanding how much you have of each is very important when it comes to understanding what's the most tax efficient way to start taking money out of your different investment accounts. So those are some asset and some debt issues, things that you want to make sure that you're taking into account as you approach retirement. And then really the next topic is just tax planning. So do you expect to have large required minimum distributions? Maybe you're retiring at 65 and required minimum distributions don't begin until age 72, but maybe most of your savings has been done into a 401k. And let's say you have a large 401k balance and it's all taxable when you pull that money out. Well, instead of waiting for that money to just continue growing until 72 and then being forced to take out significant distributions from it, is there any tax strategy that you can do from the years 65 until 72 to maybe start converting bits and pieces of that 401k to get money out of pre-tax accounts when you're lower tax bracket, as opposed to being pushed up into a much higher tax bracket, age 72 and beyond, when you're forced to start taking money out of that account. And then in retirement, just understand, do you expect income to be lower or do you expect income to be higher? Understanding what your tax bracket will be, not just today, but every year into retirement, helps as you strategically understand how you're going to start drawing money from your different investment accounts. You want to be very mindful, not just of how your investments are invested, but how they're being pulled out because different investment account types have different ways of being taxed. So understanding the different years into retirement, there's going to be some peaks and there's going to be some valleys in terms of how your tax bracket or what your tax bracket is going to look like. And understanding that is important so you know which investment accounts to pull from first in order to keep your overall tax bracket down. And the next is just long-term planning issues. So this is almost like a state, this is almost legacy type questions. But do you expect that your estate will exceed 11580000 Or if you're married, will your combined estate exceed $23,160,000? Because if so, there's a, there's a potential federal tax liability. And so understanding what strategies exist to help to offset that down the road, because proper planning for that really begins years and years and years in advance. So most people, that's not going to be an issue at all. But if it is, the estate tax can be quite significant. And there's some planning strategies that you can start to implement ahead of time that will help you get around that. Are you charitably inclined? If so, there's so many different tax strategies that you can use to help support the charities that you care about while also reducing your tax liability. And it's important to do this on the front end of retirement because sometimes these strategies can take years to play out, but they can save you tens of thousands of dollars, if not more in taxes. So if that's something you're inclined to, create a strategy in the front end so that you can understand how those charitable inclinations should be played out throughout retirement. Next, make sure that your estate plan is up to date. An estate plan doesn't just happen if you have over the 23 million that I just talked about, really if, if, if you have any assets at all. And even if you don't have assets, it's really how do you want to be cared for? What are your advanced directives? And it tells the state what you want to happen to you. So making sure that your will, your trust, your advanced directives, your overall estate plan is handled because many times people haven't updated this in maybe 10, 15, 20 years. And what happens over that time? Well, life changes, family changes, circumstances change, laws change, making sure your estate plan is up to date so that your intentions are carried out for the rest of your life and then beyond. Next, do your account beneficiaries need to be updated? 
So many times they don't, but this is something that's so easy. It's just low hanging fruit to go and check. Who are the beneficiaries on your IRAs? Who are the beneficiaries on your 401k? Who are the beneficiaries on your different accounts? Sometimes those aren't who you want them to be. And so making sure those, those are updated is an important part of your overall plan because you want to make sure that your assets are being transferred appropriately throughout retirement to protect you, to protect a spouse, and to protect your family as well. So this is just a flyby of the issues that you should be considering before retirement. Again, ideally, it's best to do this on the front end so that you have a plan and a strategy going into retirement. This doesn't go in depth into many of these, but I want you to be able to have this checklist. Again, you can find this at readyforretirement.co on this podcast page. And what that's going to show for you is just going to give you the checklist of what cash flow planning issues should you be aware of, what health insurance issues should you be aware of, what asset or debt issues should you be aware of, what tax planning issues should you be aware of? And then finally, what long-term planning issues should you be aware of? Again, retirement planning isn't just one issue in particular. It's all these different things tied together in one cohesive strategy. So I hope this is helpful. I hope this checklist is beneficial for you. Again, it can be found at the readyforretirement.co website, readyforretirement.co. Click on the podcast page. And on this episode in the show notes, there'll be a free download for you to be able to access that. Thank you for listening. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show. There's going to be plenty of great episodes coming up. You can subscribe on podcasts wherever you listen. You can subscribe on YouTube at Root Financial Partners for a recording of these podcasts as well as other great financial content as well. Thank you for being a listener. I appreciate you and I'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to episode number 16 of the Ready for Retirement podcast. As a reminder, the show is now on YouTube and the channel name is Root Financial Partners. I'll include a link to the YouTube show at Ready for Retirement webpage at readyforretirement.co, where you can also find the show notes and the resources listed on today's episode. If you haven't done so already, please subscribe to the show. A new episode is released every week, and by subscribing, you'll be notified each time that happens. And this show is designed to answer your questions about retirement. So if you have a question, chances are good someone else has the same one. If you go to the Ready for Retirement website, there's a page where you can submit a question that I will answer in a future episode. Thanks again for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey everyone, it's me again for the disclaimer. Please be smart about this. Before doing anything, please be sure to consult with your tax planner or financial planner. Nothing in this podcast should be construed as investment, tax, legal, or other financial advice. It is for informational purposes only.